Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today is a short update. In a recent announcement, ICE now permits local police department's authority in issuing warrants to illegal immigrants. Florida's Pinella County Police Department is the first to join this program. Their press conference statements will be provided throughout. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. Sheriffs work closely uh, with ICE uh, for the last two and a half years on solutions that will allow us to lawfully hold these criminal illegals in our jails for up to 48 hours so that ICE has an opportunity to come and take them into custody. We've had to come up with these solutions because Congress has not acted to pass the laws necessary to close the gaps identified in the 2014 court decisions. And it's obvious that Congress has no will to fix anything related to illegal immigration. This past Monday, ICE announced a new program that allows local law enforcement officers to serve warrants to illegal criminal aliens, granting them permission to arrest and temporarily detain suspects. This initiative is formerly known as the Warrant Service Officer Program, or WSO in short. And so far, it has been adopted by Florida's Pinellas County Police Department as a way to strengthen ties and communication between local and federal authorities. When you commit a crime, not speeding, not a stop sign violation, and not your jaywalking example, when you commit a crime and you get booked into the jail and your fingerprints are taken, your fingerprints are automatically sent up to the FBI. Okay. There's a work sharing agreement between ICE and the FBI. The prints go over to ICE. ICE looks at it, and they go through a determination process. And they make a determination whether they have probable cause as it relates to this person, and they go through their selection process, and if Director Merrill wants to speak to that, he can, and that they are prioritizing, they are making decisions, is that there are about 150,000 detainers issued a year in the United States, about 9,000 here in Florida, but ICE gets millions, literally millions, of queries or prints. They're not issuing detainers in every case. They're going through a selection process. There is criteria, and they have limited bandwidth and limited resources, so they're trying to get the worst of the worst, but it isn't always apparent on the surface as to who the worst of the worst are to us because we don't have access to that information. So we have to rely on them, and they're making their determinations. And every day, all day, is that if ICE issues that warrant with that detainer, then we need to honor that warrant because it's been lawfully issued and it needs to be served. As time continues, ICE expects more local law enforcement agencies across the country to sign the agreement as well. To be clear, WSO officers can only make an arrest within the confines of the jurisdiction in which they work. Once a suspect is detained, ICE will have 48 hours to determine if they will take the suspect into federal custody. If ICE does not take the individual into custody within that time, he or she must be released. An interesting detail of the program is that local law enforcement officers will be allowed to conduct immigration arrests regardless of any local or state rules that prevent them from cooperating. This has raised many eyebrows of opponents who consider this program detrimental to the sustainability and overall effectiveness of sanctuary policies. Their concern is that if they get picked up for anything, anything, uh, or even if they try to perhaps even report a crime, uh, that they are possibly going to fall under this. How do you address that since it 
it's crafted in a way that says if you are in this country and you are breaking the law, then you could be. People who are here illegally are already breaking the law. So in order for this to apply to you, you have to go out and commit a burglary, commit a robbery, commit some sort of a state law violation or something that you're arrested for that winds you up in a county jail. So if you're here illegally, and it's very complex, is that it may be criminal and it may not. All of this to do with removals and deportations, et cetera, is all a civil process. And this isn't about, again, I can't stress it strongly enough, and this is where it gets convoluted and it gets misstated, is, is that these are people that are committing state law violations. They've committed a crime, a robbery, a rape, a burglary, a theft, something, drug trafficking, and they end up in the county jail because, yes, they're here illegally, but they're committing crime and wreaking havoc in the community. And those are the people that we're talking about. This has nothing to do with any law enforcement officer going onto the street and asking somebody for their immigration status, for conducting an immigration investigation, witnesses a crime, etc. It has nothing to do with that. ACLU Deputy Political Director Lorella Praley condemns this new program in a statement. Quote, the agency explicitly aims to subvert the will of local communities that have passed ordinances to prevent exactly this kind of cooperation between police and ICE. Participants will be forced to carry the financial burden of ICE's aggression, potentially costing the state millions in operational expenses and legal fees. We urge local law enforcement to resist this dangerous proposal and stand by their commitment to the communities they serve. In full transparency, ICE has openly admitted that this program will act as a countermeasure to sanctuary cities. Through this program, officers can now disregard any policy that would prevent or discourage cooperation with ICE. Amidst the criticism, Pinella County Police Department finds that taking these measures not only show their commitment to their community, but is necessary to protect them. These criminal illegals must not be allowed to wreak havoc in our communities and endanger our law enforcement officers by repeatedly committing crimes while unlawfully in our country. Criminal illegals simply should not be allowed to remain and they should not enjoy any sanctuaries or other places where they can evade the laws of the United States. This is a country of laws and must be followed by everyone. This policy is an extension of the 287G agreement that is already in place. ICE has an agreement with 75 U.S. cities and counties which recruit the aid of local law enforcement to help arrest and detain people who are unlawfully residing in the United States. Those local agencies are tasked with interviewing immigrants suspected of being in the country illegally, as well as identifying their citizenship status. It's important to keep in mind that although the WSO program could be seen as a derivative of the 287G agreement, a WSO officer will not be allowed to question individuals about their citizenship or removability, nor do they have the ability to process unlawful aliens. To reiterate, they are solely tasked with issuing warrants provided to them directly from ICE. But a fundamental question still remains. We understand how officers will carry out their duties in conjunction with ICE, their roles, responsibilities, and limitations. But the question of the level of training continues to arise. What's the selection process? Who's training these officers and for how long? From what we know now, after a local law enforcement agency signs a WSO memorandum of agreement, the agency will nominate officers to receive training directly from ICE certified instructors to carry out federal functions. 
Each candidate will receive federal credentials after training is completed. The WSO process will be supervised and directed by ICE, which will take a day's worth of training in order to receive the needed federal credentials. As this program continues to expand across the country, here's a few points authorities and the public should keep in mind for discussion. By virtue of unregulated enforcement, what measures can authorities take to ensure the prevention of a jail slowly turn into an immigrant holding cell? To what extent does this program add additional strain on the community's resources? And will it detract from more pressing concerns in the community? Finally, with this new implementation, how will local authorities maintain faith and communication with the surrounding immigrant population? For more content and immigration updates, please visit our website at eiglaw.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at EIG underscore law to join the conversation. Thank you for listening. See you next time.